man, there's some dudes out there They think they so smart, they can figure my guy that all the way Nah, he's too complex for all that, he's inexhaustible Party, we are uh, the Demand Excellence Podcast today And we have Coach Fabrizio from Lee County uh, for you Two-time state champion at the 6A level, back-to-back and then uh, I also now have a new co-host with me. Going to try to get him to co-host uh, as many as he will is uh, Coach Ed Dudley. Um, his, his podcast was famous. Everybody downloaded it and listened to it. So I was like, Coach, you got uh, to co-host this with me. Everybody wants to listen to you. But uh, Coach Fabrizio, tell everybody, uh, I know for me, I, mean, I, kinda met, I met you a few years ago at a Northside 7-on-7, seven seven, and that's where I heard of Lee County. But I think Everybody knows Lee County now because, bam, you just won two state championships. All right, here's, here's Coach Fabrizio. Here's Lee County. But will you tell us a little bit about how you got to Lee County, who you were, college, all that kind of stuff? Uh, well, I, was, I coached in uh, – I played college football in Missouri, and I'm from Orlando. So I came back and uh, coached in Orlando for about 15 years and uh, had a lot of friends up here in, in Georgia that had moved up here telling me how, how good it was to coach and the situations of the football in the state. And uh, got a job at uh, Peach County High School as an assistant to Chad Campbell and then uh, got this job uh, be going on 11 years here this next season. Wow. So you've been the head coach there for 11 years? Mm-hmm, 11 years now. Or be, be 11 this coming season. So I want to go ahead and jump into this, and, and I'll backtrack with other questions. But uh, while we were waiting on Coach Dudley, um, we, you and I were talking about spring game. Coach Dudley, you just had a spring game last night. And then last I got a spring. Last night, yes. So I have, I, got, I have a game against Stockbridge tonight. But uh, Coach Fabrizio, he's got a game tonight, but it's against himself. Uh, Coach Fabrizio, talk a little bit about why – you're not playing against another team uh, tonight. And then, Coach Dudley, you can, you can kind of counter that or balance that with you playing another team last night. Well, you know, I, I coached, uh, like I said, a long time in Florida, and then you have a, a game at the end of spring. And then when I got here to Georgia 10 years ago, you, you didn't play anybody, but you only have 10 days. And, you know, I thought there were, there were several advantages to that, you know, not having to worry about getting prepared for somebody else, especially, like I said, when you only have 10 days of practice. And then I know a couple of years ago they opened it up where you could play somebody. And we did. We played Warner Robins the last two years, and it went well. But, you know, I just think for our situation, um, and I may change my mind after this year, but playing that inter-squad game, um, I thought we got a lot out of. And, you know, this past week we haven't had to, to run any scout teams, get prepared for anybody else. We've just been able to keep banging on each other. And and I think it's been a good thing for us. And we were able to get more out of it. You know, the other thing is moving kids around. You know, we, we try to move kids around a lot in the spring and get a look at them. You know, it might only be two days a year at a linebacker, two days at a defensive end, two days at a tight end. But we you can move them around. And, you know, when you don't have pads on, you're not playing football. When you put pads on, that, that changes everything. So – uh, yeah. It's hard to do that week two or three of the season. And, yeah, you can do it over the summer, but you're not wearing pads. So, I think, I think you know, we couldn't do that as much the last two years. So, we'll see, and I'll evaluate it after this spring. What are your thoughts there, Coach, Coach Dudley, uh, thinking about everything? Well, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm taking in what Dean said, and I, and I really believe there are some advantages to just having an inter-squad. Uh, we played Jackson County, Coach Rich McWhorter, is over there doing a great job, and it was a really good scrimmage. Um, there were a couple of kids, you know, because it's competitive, there were a couple of kids that didn't get in 
Um, we did spend just a little bit of time game planning for them. It takes away from your own development of your players uh, in spring ball. So I'm kind of leaning towards doing the inter-squad. I know Norcross, a real good program up here, uh, does that. And, co- of course, Coach Fabrizio does it uh, down there. So I think there's some advantages to the inter-squad. Really taking a hard look at that this morning uh, in the in the post-spring evaluation process. And Coach, um, you know, we were, we went over your uh, arrival at Lee County, uh, the 11 years. We're seeing the end result of a longer process. We're seeing, you know, back-to-back state titles and a great program, great facilities. But could you give us some of the, the baby steps, like if a coach oh, is taking geez. over a school? Well, could you give us some of the things that, that – I mean, just a one, two, three of, hey, this is, this is where we, you know, got started. Well, you know, and that that's a, a good question because I, I I speak a lot of, a lot on this and uh, or talk to a lot of since I speak I talk to a lot of people about it because you know when I got to you know, when I took the job at Lee County and I was leaving Peach County which you know Chad Campbell's a great guy to work for and and just a heck of a program and uh, I've really really enjoyed coaching there and I, this this opportunity came up and um and I really didn't know a whole lot about it. I'd only been in Georgia a short time. Had I known more, I probably would have I probably would have taken it. But uh, you know, a lot of people told me, don't go there, don't take it, you can't win there. And, you know, they hadn't won a whole lot in the 40 years of football for various reasons, and they were coming off an 0-10 year. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of uh, probably, probably uh, uh, didn't know any better. Sometimes, I guess, when you're not as smart, you know, things work out for you in the long run. Uh, you know, the good Lord watches out for fools, I guess. But uh, uh, when I first, when I first got here, I mean, it was a tough go. You know, you know how it is. You think you're going to go somewhere, and you got a magic wand. You know, when you take over, well, I'll just do this, do this. We're going to win. And oh, it was a whole. It was it was a tough ball game. I mean, that first year, like I tell you, we were just trying to win a game. I mean, they 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 lost ten in a row and twenty of their last one, and they'd had some really good coaches here before too. Uh, just hadn't had the right support or the right things come together. And it always seemed like every time they built a little momentum, boom, they'd get bumped up a class. They just weren't ready to play, play in. And boom, that would just crush the program down. It'd take them eight, ten years to recover. And then they'd kind of get it going. Boom, they'd get bumped up again. And, uh, you know, when I got here, um, one thing that, uh, you know, that first year, we, I mean, we lost our first five or six games. We had one of the longest losing streaks in the state combined with what I inherited. Then we finally won a game. And then, you know, the next year, you know, it got to be, hey, can we just have a winning season? And it was, hey, gosh, if we could just get in the, get in the playoffs, it'd be, you know, you, I remember my thinking here is we could have back-to-back winning seasons here. Boy, we will have arrived. And uh, then we, we were able to do that. Then we got put, you know, and then we finally won, we won the region and won, won some games in the playoffs. We had good, you know, our, our middle school was undefeated, our freshman was undefeated, and then they bumped us up to the highest class uh, where we were the smallest. They drew the line at us. And, you know, being the smallest school in the highest class is different than being the smallest school in any other class because, you know, it's not two or 300 kids. It's 2,000 kids. And we were in with Goldwyn, no Lowndes, Camden, and – and it was, gosh, if we could just compete and survive these couple of years, and then we were fortunate enough to do really well. And then it got to be, hey, if we could just play, you know, on Thanksgiving, and then next thing you know, you you win a state title, and now then it's, well, gosh, can we repeat? I mean, it was never really until we won that first one, you almost didn't think about it. It was just kind of, you know, with the region we've been in, you're just trying to survive your region play. And, you know, but I, it, it was, it was never, you know, it was never a thing of, hey, we're, we're going to win a state title here. It was just, hey, first, can we win a game? 
can we get, you know, can we just, gosh, if we could just have a winning season. Gosh, if we could just win a game in the playoffs. Gosh, if we could just play on that game and just, you know, over 10 years and then boom, you look up and that's where you are. And, uh, you know, with, with what they built facility-wise here a couple of years ago, it's really, you know, I look back now and just kind of shake my head at all the, the fortunate things that have happened here to get us to this point because it was a, a million little battles to get here. Thanks, Coach. I think that that, um, that, that was uh, a, good, a good lesson in the building process of putting a program together over time. And I just wanted the, uh, listeners to know that it wasn't instant success that you've had to labor long and hard to get oh, the yeah. county to where they are today. Well, there's no doubt. And, and you know, we first went in and, 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 you know, our middle school program, we got, you know, that rearranged and, and started doing some different things there and, and, and getting the numbers out. And I think that was the big thing was, you know, we went from having, you know, 25, 30 eighth graders playing football to having 55 or 60. And, you know, over time, you know, after about, you really saw a difference about my fourth or fifth year when all those kids started coming through and we started having much larger senior classes because, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of a suburban type community I and mean, our kids have other things to do. And, uh, you know, we're not a situation where, hey, if we have 25 freshmen, we're going to have 25 seniors. I mean, kids are going to fall off. You know, they're going to they're going to realize, hey, I'm not going to play. They're going to go concentrate on baseball. They're going to get a job. And and it was important for us that we had large numbers at that lower level. So as kids decided to do that, you know, we had a bigger pool to draw from of the ones that stayed and made a commitment. And I think as as after about year four or five, when the depth started started really those kids classes all started coming through and we had the depth year after year I thought that that really made a big difference and uh, you know we've had some great players here we've been very very fortunate but we've also had a lot of kids that have waited their turn and were just program kids and you know last year we had 10 10 or 11 first year starters that had been with us since middle school that hadn't played hardly at all and they play started their senior year or, or rotated in with a starter and really, really played well. Kids that just kind of waited their turn, physically developed, worked hard. And, and those kids, while they weren't the big college recruits, you know, they were really the backbone of our team because they were really, really good high school players. Coach guess you guys, uh, both run the same type of defensive system, I think. Coach Fabrizio, are you guys still a stacked defense? I thought that was something that – Yes, uh, we are. It was mm-hmm. a, well, if you look, uh, Elk has won four in a row. Uh, Lee County's won two in a row. I know the Camden County program ran the defense for a long time. Do mm-hmm. you think that's part of the success that you guys are having today? Um, Coach Guess, you want to speak on that at first or – Hello. Hey, I'm still here. Okay, still there, you got Dean? me. Okay, yeah, I got it. Um, you know, obviously we've all, you know, the the three. I think the three commonalities is when we've won it, we've had really good players. You know, I think that's that's yeah. the big thing. Um, you know, and I've always believed, you know, if, if and you can you can be really good in any scheme if you understand it, you know how to fix the problems, you know how to do those things. Uh, I do think an advantage that the three three has uh, given us is is I think it is a little more adaptable than some other things to the personnel that you have to as far as being able to hide players or by the same token, uh, if you've got some really good ones, really being able to move them around and, and showcase their talents. And uh, that's, that's I think, really helped us these last – I mean, throughout the whole time, but really these last few years when you have an Otis Reese who's going 
who's a dominant player going, you know, his son going to Georgia, we were able to move him around and do different things with him as a, you know, a 6'3", 210 pound safety. And, uh, you know, this past year we had different guys and it was the same defense, but we were able to adapt and adjust. And the kid playing his spot was 160 pounds and we were able to do different things with him uh, that we didn't do with Otis, but yet kind of take some other guys from different spots and, and, and morph it into something else. So I think that's kind of the advantage it gives you a little bit is the adaptability. But, uh, you know, again, I don't think it was the, that that particular defense or that particular scheme was the reason we're winning. I think we had good players and, you know, our assistants did a really good job of understanding it, knowing how to fix the problems, just like any, you know, just like any offensive or defensive scheme. You know, if you know what you're doing with it, you know how to execute it, you got good fundamentals and you got good players and you know how to fix the problems, you're going to be pretty good. Can y'all, can y'all hear me now? We got you yes. back now. Yeah, I got you back. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm sorry. My uh, technical difficulty. I don't know how to solve. Um, but it kept recording. So that's good. No, you know, with the three, five for me, coach, um, what I've found is this so multiple, like I know at my level, I'm going to see triple option. I'm going to see wing T, then I'm going to see five wide, throw it every down. Then I'm going to see 21 personnel, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the three, five really adapts. And I think maybe the three, four is really good for the NFL and college football. But for me, I've just found that the three, five really adapts well and, um, and kind of fits the players that I have, um, you know, got, don't necessarily have, I mean, I, I can find three defensive linemen most of the time, but it's hard to find four. Um, but, uh, you know, listening to you earlier, I wrote down two things. You know, you're talking about how maybe you were dumb taking the um, Lee County job and, you know, you took you to be – you had to be a tough guy. I used to tell our quarterback past three years, he was a three-year starter, but I always told him he was dumb. There's a great country music song out there. It's called – y'all got to look this up. You might know it. If you're going to be dumb, you got to be tough. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's hilarious. But I didn't realize this about you. It's why I love doing this podcast and talking to coaches. I didn't realize that you took a program that 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 was not decent, and you've built it over the past 11 years. Kind of what Coach Dudley was talking about. Everybody just sees you now, like, oh, he's got all these players. You know, he should win every year. But you built that program. And um, I think there's something to be said about that. That's why, you know, having you on the podcast is great because how did you do that? What, so what would be – what's kind of your overarching philosophy as a head coach on how to build and maintain it? Well, I, I think the – and, again, I don't, I don't – you know, I don't have any magic, magic things or anything like that by any means. You know, I'm fortunate that we've had really, really good administrative support, really good community support, really good uh, – assistant coaches are really good players. I mean, that's the big thing. But what we, you know, I think one thing I think that we have done a good job here, and I touched on this earlier, was was really getting getting large numbers of kids out at the lower levels and, you know, really working hard to keep those kids in the program. And, you know, and I think if you, you know, I think you've got a lot of kids, you're going to have, an, in you know, in every class, you're going to have really three types of player. I mean, you're going to have some that are your best players. You know, and some that are that are clearly, you know, more physically developed, just better players than everybody else, you know. And Aubrey Solomon was gonna be our best defensive lineman, whether he lifted a weight or didn't lift a weight, you know. Right. And I think you you know, and then you've got a bunch of kids that if they stick with it, if they physically develop, if they make a commitment, they and and they're coached well, 
uh, they can be a solid player for you at your level by their junior or senior year. And then you've got some that, you know, they're, they're just not probably never going to play for you. Occasionally you'll get a surprise with that group. Now those kids get a lot out of football, you know, if they stay with it. And I think the key to me was you can't run those really good ones off, but yet you have to get them to work. And that, that's, you know, and, and that's kind of the trick is how do you outwork people, but yet keep kids out there? Because that's something, you know, if the good kids aren't playing, you know, I, you, know you, you may, and, and a lot, as much as everybody likes to say, well, we're going to be hard line, we're not, they got to do this, I treat them all. So you better keep your better players out there and you better get kids out to play football. And how do you do that if you don't outwork people? You know, and how do you, I'm sorry, how do you do that? How do you outwork people but not run kids off? I think is kind of the fine line and the, and the tricky thing because especially when you go someplace where football isn't a big deal. And my thing was, you know, the more success you have, the more you can tighten the thing. And, you know, I, you can't come in and say, you know, like a place like this where they hadn't been winning and we didn't win much the first year to sit here and say, we're going to make all these demands on you. We're going to do all these things to you. Well, then you start getting in a cycle of why are the kids going to come out and, and, and make that commitment, do all those things if you're not having success for it. So it's a very tricky thing. And my what what we've kind of come to here was we're going to and, and really kind of before this is uh, we're going to demand that everybody does certain things. So they're all going to be in the weight room lifting. They're going to show up to practice every day. We're going to demand those things. But by the same token, we're going to offer a lot of extra things for the highly motivated kid. Cause that's kind of the, you know, when I did this a long, you know, a long time ago when I was started in the, uh, in the nineties, you know, we didn't have the kids in weight class and those things. And, you know, I was with some guys where, Hey, we, you know, the, the trick was, you know, I worked for a couple of different guys and one of them, it was two days a week for an hour is all they had to show commitment. His deal was, Hey, if they can't do that, they can't be committed. Now we're going to work them hard for that hour. And then I worked for another guy. It was a complete opposite. They had to show up every day after school, every day of the week. And if they didn't, they couldn't play. And I saw good things in both. I saw the one where, Hey, we had every available, we had almost all available kids in that school playing football. And the other one, those kids were stronger. They worked harder, but there were some kids we didn't have out that I thought we should have. So it's kind of, how do you bridge that? How do you get those kids out? Cause some of them, and, and that's what we try to do is, hey, certain, we're going to work all our kids hard, but then we're going to offer extra for the highly motivated kid. And hopefully over time, like what's happened here, is the extra becomes the extra becomes the expected. You know, uh, and here, you know, we were fortunate. We've got all our kids in weight class. They're, if they're not going to show up and lift every day in weight class, they're not going to play. Uh, if they're not going to show up, you know, to practice every day, they're not going to play summer workouts you know you know we we have things for that they're 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 not gonna play but we also offer some things after school and we offer extra things in the summer that they don't have to do to play but it's extra and you know we do speed training after school we started out i think my first year with 25 kids showing up and i didn't you know we pushed it in that but we didn't now we have the last five years and we average 160 170 kids out there now that's middle school kids too but those are kids that aren't playing other sports so that's something that's kind of built up. You know, we offer a speed training deal on Saturday. The kids come through. So we, we, you know, that, that's the thing I think is, is you gotta, you gotta work, but you gotta have, you know, finding that balance where you're getting the kids. If the kids aren't out there, it doesn't matter how hard you work them. You know, <laughs> if, yeah. kid, if a kid's not playing, he's not helping you. So it's kind of the thing, you know, when you get an Aubrey Solomon, Hey, Aubrey, you're going to lift weights every day. You're going to work hard. And he did. You're going to come to practice every day. You're going to be here. And he did. You're going to be at summer workouts. Now, the speed trainings, the other things, hey, I want you to do that, but I can work with you. 
and he did, and he made, you know, and, and early on when he was younger, he, he wasn't all, he, he didn't show up to the extra things. By the time he was a senior, he was showing up to all that. So, but if I'd have made that commitment to him as a freshman, he might not have stayed with us. You know, we might've kind of run him off. And, uh, and that's kind of the tricky thing of, of building that. That's the hard thing in building a program is, uh, is, is getting that. How do you get the kids to make that commitment, not work people, but how do you get the numbers up and get the kids out for football? That's kind of the chicken and egg thing you got going until you can get it rolling. Um, so I don't know if I answered that or made sense, but that's kind of what we, Nah, Coach, I'm sitting, here, here. I'm sitting here taking notes as you talk, man. I'm doing the same. This <laughs> <is> awesome stuff. <laughs> hey, we, uh, you know, we talk about that in terms of, of economics, you know, the point of diminishing returns. At what point – so every coach can't outwork all the other coaches, and every mm -hmm. player cannot be outworked, you know, beyond mm -hmm. everybody else in the state. So at some point there's a point of diminishing returns. And I love the fact that you said – extra we offer extra for kids to come back after school on saturday morning and to do some extra i think that is so cool that's a great concept um because if you go six five six days a week and you lift weights and you're going to lose some kids that have other interests or are multiple sport players and mm -hmm. i had a, yeah. a college coach in my office yesterday talking about multi-sport athletes how he only recruits multi-sport athletes and you know, so sometimes we can take it, and I've I've been guilty of this myself. So take mm -hmm. it a little bit too far, where football is a little too big. Um, well, and try absolutely. To, you know, try to dominate their summer. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a big thing now in the summer. I mean, we're asking so much of these kids in the summer now. It's uh, you know, I, I, that's one thing I wish they put in is some more regulations for the summer. And you know, we do all the OTAs, and they help us a bunch. But, you know, I think that's, you know, uh, the, all the things we're allowing now, it's really it's, – it's a big difference than 10 years ago, what everybody yeah. was doing in the summer. And it's, yeah. it's getting you – know, for a multi-sport kid, it does get tough. And we really try to, to – to, we really try to work with our kids here. And we've been fortunate. We've had a lot of multi-sport kids. But you got to be real careful with that, uh, you know, real, real, real – you know, real, real careful with that, with those – with what you're asking the kids to do because – you know, I agree. At some point, you 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 know, you got to find that balance. Hey, how are we working hard? And then, but but yet keeping the kids out there, but then not shortchanging the kids that really want to do it, or kids that are single sport athletes. And you know, uh, I get a kick out all that these extra, The extra concept is really good. You know, it's it just just hey, we're offering this. You know, take advantage if you want. You know, if you're off to baseball or something, don't worry about it. And I don't just I, like I, it I mean, I'm stealing that. You stealing yeah. that, Jonathan? I like that. I like it. So we go, we go two days a week until dead week, Monday and Wednesday. That's it. And we go for three hours. Now, now, I'm not going to say we don't have the, the line coach doesn't have the line, his main lineman in here working an extra day. Friday, we have the weight room open for an optional workout. They can come in anytime in the morning on their own. Now, if they're playing another sport, if they're wrestling, basketball, we don't worry about them coming in. Now, the other kids, we do get on. Hey, man, you should have been there. You want to, you know, you compete for playing time. You might want to be, you know, I'm not going to say we don't get on them now or, or, you know, push it, but it is, we'll work with them on that. And then, you know, we'll, we may do another seven on seven one day. So there is, there's probably something going on five or six days a week, but it's only two days that, Hey, these are the days you got to be there. And, you know, you get so many misses and all that. And, you know, I, I get a kick out of these college coaches and I, I, I really do believe in multiple sport kids and we've got a bunch here that do it, but how they come in and say that, because sometimes, you know, 
some kids now with all the stuff going on, they go play seven on seven. They go to that. They only play one sport, you know. And uh, so what does he play? College Another coaches sport? are in the business yeah. of college football, so yeah. they're going to take whoever they need to take. You well, know what I, mean? what, I <laughs> what I ask them is, hey, how many of your kids play another sport? And they said, oh, well, you know, none of our kids. It's too demanding in college. I'm like, okay, so it's okay for your kids to play one sport, but our kids, you know, <laughs> what that makes yeah. them a bad ass. If it's, so, if it's so important that they play multiple sports, why don't they do it at the college level? <laughs> Coach, hey, saying that, you know, um, yeah. I might change the topic here, but and I don't mean to, but I just think it's mm -hmm. funny. You know, sometimes you can talk to college coaches. I thought it was funny when Nick Saban a few years ago, he got so upset that – that caught that you know they're playing in the national championship game but right after mm -hmm. january 1st i think the agents are allowed to contact and the nfl mm -hmm. to contact the players he's like how can we coach a national championship game with the nfl's calling our players i'm like coach y'all call our players starting in the ninth grade oh yeah i got yeah. wearing all kinds of shirts at practice that aren't elka that are college football shirts like that's what we <laughs> every day yeah they and they offer, you know, when they offer a ninth, you know, that, and that's the thing with these offers that go out so crazy. It's it's so, you know, it, it's not helping every, anybody. It's not helping the colleges because they got to evaluate them earlier. It's not helping the kids. It's not helping the high school coaches. It's just uh, I wish they'd go back and say you can't even say the word offer till they're a senior. Um, no, no question. But hey, getting back on your uh, yeah. the extra thing but I really like what you said and I think it's where coaches make a huge mistake and it's like you can't run your good kids out um and but you got to get them to work and, and I know for me at a single a school like you know I could have a really really good baseball player that plays football but in baseball I mean there's summers they're traveling all summer there's a good chance and I've had this happen before I don't see that kid all summer but come first day of football practice he's there and he's a big reason why we can win a state championship. I know coaches that would not allow that kid to play. And I tell coaches, I don't care what that kid does during the summer. If, he, if he's home, I want him to work out. But if he's playing baseball, you know, fine. But I'm a better football coach, and we're a better team when he's playing safety than when he's not playing safety. So mm -hmm. if you'll commit to me for four months – and he's and he can he's still such a great athlete i can handle that i think one problem we have as coaches is control we want to control mm -hmm. what they do yeah and it's a tough thing and you know when i talk about this when i've when i've spoke on this before you know it's it's i got to be real careful and say look that doesn't mean we let our best players do whatever they want that doesn't mean we let them show up they're still held to a standard they're still held to this standard but you know we're going to make that standard a reasonable one too to where it's hey this is something that that we expect you to do and this is a reasonable commitment from you now we're going to have all this extra stuff and we want you to do that and hopefully over time you're going to join into it but you know some kids aren't ready to make that commitment as freshmen and sophomores either and they are when they're later or like you said if they're a multi-sport kid and they're playing another sport you know how do you make that fair to everybody where they're still making that commitment but but yet you know, not, not make it so where your kids aren't working hard enough, you know, and that's kind of the tricky thing. And then especially when, you know, it's easier when you're, when you're winning, you know, when you're not winning and, and there's not that much excitement and it's not a big deal in your community to play, how do you get it? You know, how do you get them to make that commitment then? How do you get the kids out? How do you get them to do that? Cause it's, you know, it's all about momentum. 
you know, the more momentum you have, the more success you have, the, the, the easier things are. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, it was hard. You know, now I got all these people wanting to come support and help, and that's great. But, heck, I needed that 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> you know, now we don't need, you know, now we don't need all of it. You know, I got, hey, I want to come give you guys ice cream after, you know, we got everybody wanting to help. You know how it is. But, but <laughs> 10 years ago, the way, you, you know, need the help. The way. Yeah. It, you, you know, that's when I needed it. And, you know, that was harder to get help then because you know, we, and we had great support. Don't get me wrong. We had a lot of great people in that, but it's just, you know, it is, it's, it's a different thing and a different feeling. And, and early on building the program that, is, and it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes because you want all, especially if you're, you're coming from a place that, that's, that is, that is good and, and has good tradition and football's a big deal. When you come to a place where it isn't as big a deal and you're trying to get it there, if you're expecting the commitment level and that to be the same way, it's, it's not going to be, and you've got to work it to get to that point. And, uh, and that's a tough, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes for a, for a head coach and say, well, okay. Like, like coach guest just said, you know, Hey, he is playing baseball in the summer. He's doing these travel things. How do I adjust to that? That he's not going to be with me some, you know, and, and how do I rationalize that to the rest of the team where it's still fair you know, that's a, that's a tricky thing. And that's something I think is very, very important. And a key thing a lot of people don't see because you better, you know, like coach said, I mean, the whole key is to get them out there and get them on the field. Because if they don't, if they're not on the field, they can't help you anyway, you know, no matter what they did in the off season, no matter what they did. But by the same token, does that hurt you in the long run? Because other kids are seeing that and not doing it. So how do you get that? How do you, how do you balance that? I guess is a big thing. The um and uh well, the thing is, I think that people don't understand is there's such a fine balance of success. It's those little things, and that what you're talking about. How much extra do I require? How much do I not? I mean, it seems such an easy thing. Well, just go coach high school football. Y'all don't do anything. You know how hard is it? It's so hard <laughs> because you're oh, yeah. such a fine balance. Um, I got a question for you. Um, and I don't want you to get mad at me for asking it. Um, so, you know, you win the state championship this year, and uh, it's a big deal in the state of Georgia. And then, you know, you played the extra game with, with the mm-hmm. school that the bottom line is, I mean, they're like IMG. Um, mm-hmm. Was that a good idea, a good experience? Talk us through that. Well, it uh... – the, the deal with that, and they'd been talking to us for about a month about the possibility of that happening. And, you know, initially it was going to be versus a team down in South Florida. And I'd kind of made my mind up that uh, we weren't going to do it, you know, because um, I wasn't going to get everybody and travel and do all that. It wasn't going to be worth it. And then, um, you know, to play to go an extra, extra two weeks and, and, and do that. And then, you know, really they called me on my way up to the game because I guess one of the team, a couple of teams had gotten upset, you know, because we played on Tuesday that Friday night and said, Hey, you know, uh, would you guys be interested in hosting this? And I said, well, if we win and, you know, and of course dependent on Colquitt's outcome too. And, uh, and I, you know, and I really, you know, I really agonized over that. Well, once we won it and then I knew the opportunity was coming up, but you know, the bottom line was I just for ESPN to come here to Leesburg, Georgia and broadcast a game live, I thought was, was, was a big deal. I just couldn't, I didn't think I could deny our kids a chance to go play in that game. Right. So that was kind of my deciding factor. If we'd had to travel somewhere, I would not have done it. But I think the fact now I would have liked to have played, you know, and I'm not taking it away from, from St. Francis and what they're doing uh, up there, but yes, you're right. It is like an IMG. I mean, they're getting kids from, from 
multiple states. They're getting, I think Ed Ogeron went and offered 12 of their underclassmen. Um, so it's, you know, it's a little bit different deal, you know, with what they're, what they're, op, what they're operating, what they're doing than a, than a, a regular high school team, even teams in some states that, that are winning a bunch, at least they're following, still following those, the state rules. They may be, you know, they may, the rules may be slanted in their favor, but they're still following them. Whereas, they are, you know, they're just, and they're doing good things there at St. Francis, taking nothing away from them, but it's a different, it's a different, it's a different deal than a, than a regular high school. But yeah, it was for us being, having it here and the crowd and the atmosphere was, I would, and, and for our kids to get to play live on ESPN. And then the other reason was, was to, uh, you know, I really felt with ESPN coming here, the atmosphere of the game and everything to have them come back, not necessarily to us, but to other places in Georgia to show that you know to showcase and I know they've done games in Georgia before but to kind of showcase the crowd and everything and and the passion here I think is a good thing for our state and particularly South Georgia in general because um, you know ESPN is not you know they, they they're not fond of coming to to, to little towns you know <laughs> their production crew wants to go to a big city where they can enjoy themselves a little bit so uh, just seeing and, and how well the game went and how well everything did I think that would help them hopefully uh, do more games in Georgia because, you know, there's there's just such great football here. And I know they – a lot of times it's pinned on the uh, uh, big-time prospects of, of where they go. But, I mean, there's so many great games and great rivalries in Georgia. It'd be great for ESPN to come back and do more games. And so that was kind of another – Another reason we did it was just to showcase, hey, I mean, St. Francis didn't bring hardly anybody, and our stadium was packed. And that was just, you know, local local people or people in Georgia coming to enjoy the high school football game. And the ESPN said, wow, that was some atmosphere. So, yeah, I think it was. Um, obviously, it was – it was uh, you know, the outcome didn't come with liked, but, you know, playing a team like that was extremely, you know, extremely big challenge. But I think the I, – I, I would say yes – being that we got to host it here and you know like I said you can't you know for most of these kids playing live on ESPN is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and to do that in our home stadium I just couldn't deny them that chance. Coach Dudley you got any um, final questions as we as we're running yep. out of time? My, fi my final question for uh, coach today coach Fabrizio today is one piece of advice for a coach in his 20s getting started on the career path there. You are super successful head coach in the state of Georgia. Coach Guess is too. Young guys want to get to that point. What's the first thing that you would tell my son as he goes into the uh, high school coaching ranks? I would say uh, get – don't worry about – get – just just go and work hard for people. And and if you do that and, and continually try to learn and work hard for people, the responsibility and those things are going to come. Um, I think a lot of times, sometimes guys, and, and I was this way too, they want to move up. They want to be a coordinator. They want to be a head coach. And I think it's important for young coaches to, you know, get under good people, work under good people and learn, learn all the things you have to do. There'll be plenty of time in the future for opportunities. And if you're a good coach, you're going to get responsibility. And I think that's the thing. A lot of times guys are so – they want to move up so quickly. And, hey, get with good people, learn from good people. And if you work hard, um, you know, you know, as a head coach now, we're always looking for good coaches. And, and the, the best way to get 
to you know to get hired into a coordinate into a good spot our coordinator role is is if you work hard and you do a good job for people you know the best thing is I'm going to call other coaches I know and say hey do you know anybody out here who do a good job I'm looking for a coach in this or I'm looking for a coach in that and you know coaches that I respect that goes a lot longer than you know what you what they say goes a lot further than you know just getting a resume sent to me out of the blue and and that that's that's the thing I try to try to explain to people and that's the biggest advice I give is hey if you work hard and you're constantly learning and you do a good job for the head coach you're working for responsibility is going to come don't worry about going and chasing that job or chasing that coordinator role. That will come to you, and you'll have every more opportunities if you if you do a good job for the guy you're working for, and if you're you're a hard worker. So my last I love it. Thank you, Coach. Yeah, my last question, and me and Coach Dudley talked about this before. It's a hot topic, um, but I believe and I'm going to talk about the state championship game and it being moved mm-hmm. out of the bins. Um, and you, you and, and your boys got to experience going to the bins. And um, so I believe this. I believe Georgia high school football is one of the best states of high school football in the country. I think we have one of the best stadiums in the country in, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And even, even before at the old, old stadium, um, it was just really cool to, to coach your boys and, and get their eyes focused on that, like we're going to the Dome or we're going to the bins and that kind of be – the 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 begin with the end in mind experience um and then I think the experience um maybe not so much for my kids even though it was a great experience I mean they can go to a Falcons game but I think about the kids at Lee County the kids at Irwin County the kids at Colquitt County uh, many of them don't have the means to ever go to such a stadium and then I, I feel horrible that that's taken away from, from the hometown experience, the high school coaches, the, the high school fan, and, and the high school kids. And for me, I just don't understand why, and I'm a simple-minded man, you know, and, and none of us have a lot of money. So we look at people with a lot of money like, why can't you just give us the stadium for a weekend free? <laughs> yeah, I mean, how, I mean, is it going to put that big of a in the pocket? Um, yeah, I, thoughts on that? I agree totally. Um, you know, I, the, the cost, of I guess of the the Mercedes Benz comparatively I guess to what the uh, what cost the the last what what it cost to play it at uh, um, the dome uh, the the Georgia Dome I guess just went up so much and the payouts are so much less to the teams that play and then you know it's uh, uh, I agree with you totally I mean you would think I mean I don't know how much you know money they're making on that but uh, you know, you would think with all the money they make, and I know that stadium costs a lot to build and, and, and that, but you would think, you know, we hear what I mean, what Jerry Jones is doing in Texas. He doesn't charge them hardly anything to use it. Uh, so you know, it would it would certainly be nice if they, you know, it would be nice if they gave it to us for the high schools for free for that, that two days or at least at a very, very minimal cost. Uh, you know, because, heck, I would think if they're running concessions and get parking, they're still making money. <laughs> It's about the NFL, you know, mm-hmm. and I know we're just low men on the totem pole mm-hmm. in the football world, but the NFL, there is an NFL because of high school football coaches. And it's talk, what you talked about earlier, you know, you working your tail off to get your numbers up and to get kids out and all that kind of stuff. That's why there's an NFL. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I kind of get aggravated with it. Like, you know, the high school kid and the high school coach and the high school community who the NFL basically we're there. Um, what is it? Little league. Little. I mean, how can we not yeah, support they, this? 
Yeah, they have the best farm system in the world, and it doesn't cost them anything with high school and college football. And uh, I, like I said, I'm surprised they have not. Uh, and they have not, after these first two years, reached out and said, "Hey, we want you here. What can we do to keep you?" Um, because as you know, going through that, it was. Uh, and I don't want to say anything, for it, but they, it, it didn't seem like the Mercedes Benz welcomed the teams with open arms. Right. Uh, played there with, without a doubt it did not seem like they welcomed us with open arms and you know and I and I know you know I trust that Robin Hines and GHSA did their due diligence and, and did what was best for for the kids and for the schools in, in moving these games uh, but yeah they definitely was not uh, and I'm not to say they didn't want us there but it certainly did not seem like they were bending over backward for the high school teams to be there by any means. It almost seemed like, hey, this was just kind of an extra thing. And and I know there's a lot of big things and great things that go on in that stadium that are, are bigger than the state championships. But it, you know, it's it would seem like they would uh, they would they would do whatever to uh, to keep it there. And then who knows? Maybe that now that it's moved out, they'll uh, uh, you know the, the the Falcons will get involved and then try to do what they can to bring it back. So I'm thinking about, and I talked to Coach Dudley about this, like doing a petition, and not not in a disrespectful way. Because I don't think Arthur Blank understands how how us three think, um, and just kind of mm-hmm. doing a petition just to raise awareness of the fact that hey, we feel like there's an injustice here, um, and 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 we we just want you guys to to see how it affects the high school game, the high school kids. Um, so I'm asking, like Coach Dudley said, he would sign it if I did it. Would you sign it? Uh, absolutely absolutely I think that's a you know especially like I said when you hear what Jerry Jones does out in Texas with right. uh, you know nobody spent more money on a stadium probably than he has and to to just let the high schools use it for essentially free for their state championships I mean uh, what what a great as far as giving back and they you know they there's all these things the NFL does to give back but to me that's a pretty simple thing but again like you said he's you know he's got a whole bunch of things that he's you know, that he is seeing every day and worried about. And he, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he, he's not seeing it from our perspective, uh, understandably. Right. Well, um, <clears throat> time's up. Um, people tell me that they don't listen to podcasts more than 40 to 45 minutes. So, <clears throat> um, but this was great, great stuff right here. I think any coach is a fool if he doesn't listen to this one. Um, so coach, I always end with a prayer. Some people think that's weird, but, uh, I always like to pray for the, the man that's willing to talk with me. And um, so I'm going to end this on a prayer if you don't mind. Sure. Sounds great. Lord, we're coming for you today. just want to praise and thank you for loving us. I praise and thank you for uh, Coach Fabrizio and what he's doing there at Lee County. Praise and thank you for Coach Dudley and, Lord, how he's willing to uh, talk and, and, and give us his wisdom. Um, Lord, I just pray for both of these men and the high school coaches in the state of Georgia and across the country, Lord, that you would just be with them, Lord, and our focus would always be building men and not building and winning championships. And Lord, uh, through the process of building men, usually championships and winning will come. Uh, Maybe not championships, but winning. I pray that we would do it the right way, a way in which glorifies you and builds your kingdom. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, coaches. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Coach, for having me on. Thanks, guys. Take care.
to be